The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the hosts and guests as individuals and do not necessarily reflect those of advertisers or sponsors. This show is intended as entertainment and commentary only. The producers strive for verisimilitude, but nothing said on this podcast should be taken as fact by the listener or viewer without performing due diligence. While generally considered safe for work by way of content, some language may be considered offensive by more sensitive viewers or listeners. Existence, the physical universe, is basically a play There is no necessity for it whatsoever. It isn't going anywhere. That is to say, it doesn't have some destination that it ought to arrive at. This is Keep Your Hat On, a show by three nerdy nobodies and one nerdy kinda of a somebody about nothing in particular. Keep Your Hat On is brought to you by the Narrowband Broadcast Network, NBBN. The focus is on you. By Andrew Scott Media, making your media matter. And by the kind support of KYHO fans everywhere via Patreon. Patreon, create on your own terms. Coming up next, we're all anger and spite on this episode, I guess. I don't know, new here. Anyway, Andrew is busy yelling at the clouds. Ty is grumpy about, I don't know, something. Dr. Mark is cranky about not getting to say a damn thing. Wait, you guys have a legit doctor? I got this thing growing on my... Uh, anyway, and Chris is angry at spam. The electronic kind, I'm assuming. Stuff in a can is my life. Anyway, I guess I'm your disembodied announcer, Ra La Fondue. And, uh... Let's get whatever the hell this is started. Here are your hosts, Andrew, Robert, Dr. Mark, and he'll whinge no wine before it's time, Chapeau La Chris. So three, two, one, and welcome back to Keep Your Hat on the show where hell even we don't know where we're going to go. I, of course, am Andrew Scott, along, of course, with Ty Robert Anthony, and, of course, Christopher Vacano, and, of course, of course, of course, the horse of a different color, Dr. Mark Peterson. How you doing, guys? Oh, nice. Oh, boy. That's reaching <laughs> nice. back a little oh, bit. I'm there. Yeah. That was 6 o'clock a.m. for me on, <laughs> on TV WM. Land? Yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, one, of the, one of the UHF stations back Yeah, then. exactly. Yeah. I don't do TV Land. That was That's after, after me. you. What, yeah. is, what is UHF? Right. Oh, yes. come on. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing in a great clip of Weird Al Yankovic right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, well, folks, we're coming to you pretty much with nothing but anger and spite today. Uh, and, you know, anger and spite, you got to get it out, right? Venom. There you go. Venom. Can you turn your music down, please? Because I'm having a really hard time. Whatever. Sure, man. I'll just turn right down. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Yeah, I've seen him three times. Yeah, Eddie. But that's that's Iron Maiden. Um, which I've seen way more. I mean, this, oh. this left ear, the oh, ringing in this left ear is, is caused by Maiden. Well, anyways, we're just here to complain today. This is the complaint department <laughs> is open. Um, 
we uh, we had a good show last time. Oh, by the way, um, we are very thankful to our Patreon supporters, and I need to make a shout out to oh, them yeah. today. Yes, Thank yes, you, yes. Cousin Michelle. Thank you, my good friend Liam. And uh, also thank you to our number one fan, Jason. Everybody say hi to Jason. Hi, Jason. Hey, hi, Jason. Jason. We love you, bro. Uh, yeah. No, thank you guys all for your support. We really appreciate it. Um, but today we are really kind of just focusing on gripes, grievances, yeah. and uh, stuff that's been grinding our gears. You know what really grinds my gears? Nobody's come up with a new priest and a rabbi joke in like 30 years. That's what's grinding our gears is the fact that we've got gears to grind. We're just going to have a little bit of fun. I personally believe that getting your gripes out instead of constantly holding them in, trying to be some kind of cooler or, or above it all kind of, nah, 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 get it out, get it no, out. No, no, um, much better. So uh, I'm going to throw the floor open. Who's got a gripe first and what are we griping about? Oh, Ty, quick to respond. <laughs> yeah, well, that's because I'm right in front of my chief my chief gripe. Your chief gripe is? And it's not you guys. Oh, okay? thank you very much. I was just going to say. <laughs> thank you. Uh, right. Cheers uh, to you too, buddy. I got, I've got, so I work on, on double monitors and I've got, uh, I've got them set by side by side. Yeah. It's a dream. One of some of the pixels on the lower right of one of the monitors. Is oh, you're getting damn. pixel loss. Yeah. <sighs> and which are they, means, um, I'm going to have to get functioning? Are they functioning at all? Or oh, are yeah, they yeah, yeah, just yeah. dim? No, it's just, okay. it's, and it's just that corner. It's just right. that corner of that particular monitor. Now, wait, means... this isn't your new, uh, did you get new monitors when you got your new computer? No, 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 oh, no Okay, no, no, so no. these things are probably lifing out at this point. I, I would say so. They're, they're yeah. Asus, and they've been, they've been just really stout, nice monitors, but I've had them for a while, and I guess it's time for them to go bad, but, you know, they just don't make them like they used to. I mean, it uh, used to no. be that when when the monitors went bad, <laughs> they would just die, right? I and remember they would the yeah huge paperweights. <laughs> I uh, remember uh, the first monitor I ever bought weighed forty five pounds. Sure. So the question Easy. I have is which is which in your opinion which is better, the sl slow death monitor fail or the abrupt. I'm done. We return you now to your regularly scheduled program. Oh, I'll take a slow death and know that it's something that I need to budget for in the next month or so versus the, oh my God, I can't, the left hand of my life is gone. You know? Yes. Um, yeah, I'll take that. And I, I'm not a good example of buying new anything. I always try to find something used I before I do. Yeah, I know you do. And you've benefited from that. A few I times cannot the, complain. Your air conditioner is <laughs> well, and, and, and a almost usable spare tire. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, that was from, that was you and another Russian guy out of the back of a car, right? Wasn't it? <laughs> no, you found me that ad. Very you found good me tire. the ad. It was a very, yeah, it's very good tire. Um, it was, it was a great tire. It was brand new. The problem was it wasn't it the right was size. Right size. <laughs> Sorry. I thought it was, it looked like all the numbers matched up. And I, at that point I handed you off to 
Mikhail, whoever he was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, whatever. And um, felt that, you know, my work here is done kind of thing. Didn't do any other due diligence because it's not my ride. Not that I wanted you limping around on some bad skin or anything, but, and well, then yeah, worked, the next thing it worked for the day that it needed to work okay, and limped me in. That's just it. I felt bad because my next text from you, which I saw a text from you come up and I was like, oh, this is going to be some kind of nice score way to go. Thank you so much, buddy. And it was fuckers the wrong size. <laughs> Well, that's because who, I was. Uh, who did uh, that? I'm on the shoulder. Yeah, I'm on the shoulder of the freeway. I yeah. change a tire. Uh, no. Very busy freeway. Twilliger curves, by the way. Oh God. Uh, uh, um, and uh, yeah, it was. It was just. It was a really strong, cold splash of water. When I got the spare tire out, I got Not the tire off. Not refreshing splash of water, more like no, a shock I to the no, system. Like Antarctica, freaking cold. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, um, Oops. And I, I roll the tire out and I go, huh, one of these things does not look like the other. <laughs> there you go. We always fall back to the most important lessons of our life. And that most certainly is Sesame the best. God, yeah. yeah. So much learned. So much yeah. that I still retain. But at least you got home, and now you're to a point where you can't drive, um, which is, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm saying that in a commiseratory way, not in a yeah. needling your way. Yo, I know you're not. Right you're, now, you're, you're, but right now, you're the one that's, you know, coming in and front of you. me up. <laughs> that's true, too. Well, that's all so. good. Um, well, I tell you what, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to jump back in with more complaining. It's going to be a slightly short show, but you know mm. what? You people have earned a short show. From Let us. me just get started. <laughs> started. And with that, we'll be back in just a second on the other side. We'll feature a very grumpy professor. I'm practicing my curmudgeon. There you go. Yeah, oh, you've you been practicing that for yeah. a while, brother. We'll see you in just a second. Don't go anywhere. Bye. Out. Suddenly, we're back on Keep Your Hat On, and this is the show where we do nothing but complain at you. I would say complain to you, but we don't expect any results from this complaint. <laughs> there goes but, our verb viewership right there. Yeah, exactly. I was just <laughs> yeah. going to say we're going to be down to 12. Our friends <laughs> in <laughs> India, what, you know, what are they right. supposed to do? I haven't, right. checked, I was out, thinking I haven't checked into India lately. Yeah, we got to see if maybe our, uh, our oh, representation don't. has slipped. Uh, even even there. if it hasn't, uh, my gripe today is <laughs> is gonna absolutely kill it. Kill it. Dead. Well, here we go. Go ahead, Chris. The floor is yours. Then we'll we'll, uh, right, we'll save so, Doctor Mark for the uh, for the penultimate 
uh, complaint, I suppose. So, so I'm going to channel my inner Andy Rooney here, and you know the problem with email. <laughs> my God, I was just thinking of him the other day. Keep going. Do you ever okay, wonder so, why? Is it weird yeah. to say I miss him? Is it weird I, to say uh, no, that? No, not at all. He was awesome. Thank you for the validation. He was awesome. Yeah. I loved Andy Rooney. He was the only reason I ever watched 60 Minutes. Carry on, I Chris. Mean, honestly. Um, so, yeah, my my gripe that grinds my gears lately, and, and it's been this slow boil thing for me, is, you know, I manage a lot of websites, and so I get a lot of email, you know, just because I'm sort of a spam target and and you know they come through registered domains and website and all, uh, all of this sort of thing and I keep getting these emails lately that say hey you know I took a look at your website oh, and yeah I think it could benefit from better oh. design and better <laughs> SEO and 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 it's like did you really look at my website because I'm a website designer you you are trying to sell to me what I do for other people and and it drives me nuts and I want to I, I you know part of me wants to email these people back and be like <laughs> you didn't look at my website so are is your complaint more What's your complaint? Is the complaint that you get these like a fire hose or is it that they assume a con a personal connection that you have not had yet? Well, the, it's it's that they're not even <laughs> checking their email lists. You know, they're yeah. just going out and hoovering up addresses and sure. not 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 even making half an effort at due diligence. And and it's like and 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 you know, part of it too is just spam as as a practice mm. i mean especially for selling business services mm. uh, they are is, they are just doing numbers man they they, yeah. they, they go and, we send out 30 emails in a day from our scrape list and if one half of one percent responds we can keep our lights on mm -hmm. oh, yeah man. yeah i and, and i you, get that i understand it's a game of numbers and the automation makes it easy for them to send out thousands upon thousands of those uh, and, and there's another layer to it though, which is LinkedIn spam. Oh. Um, and, and full disclosure, I dabbled with this myself er, in, in its infancy and I figured out very fast it, it didn't work and I was just irritating people. And so mm. I stopped, right. uh, but, but it's like, and, and they hide behind this, this notion that. If you're on LinkedIn, you have effectively opted oh. in for their communications. Right. Yeah. 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 And that's always been I a gripe that. of mine is the assumption of opting in. And I, generally speaking, I stuck with companies who assume an opt out and a buy in. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that you're 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 totally that right. Are, that always makes you feel better. Right? Well, it yeah. just makes you feel like your, your your bandwidth is being, and I mean this bandwidth, not the pipe coming in, but it just makes it feel like your bandwidth is being respected as default. Yeah. And yeah. I would always rather default to respecting somebody, and if they want more, then be willing to give it to them. You know, like Absolutely. with my with my voiceover coaching business, mm. I don't assume somebody wants oh. to hear with me. You know, and and every once in a while, and it's been very, very infrequent, um, I'll send out a blanket message to 
all the people in my list. Mm -hmm. And normally it's been when I'm running a promotion or something like that. And I always say, if you want to opt out of this, if you don't ever want to hear from me again, just hit the link down at the bottom of the email and I will take you off the list as soon as I see it. You know, I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. that's simple. Uh, Well, um, and that's, that's the way I counsel my clients. You know, I manage a lot of direct marketing email lists and I counsel them that, look, you know, don't come to me with a list that you bought from somebody. I, I won't load it up for you. Yeah, because it's make probably it, make it been gotten by ill means. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And and not only that, but the reputable B2B email platforms and B2C email platforms, they won't let you do it. If they catch you doing it, they'll kick you off the platform. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so Chris, I, I feel your frustration, um, but I just read something this morning that is going to, uh, uh, that is ramping up the game of our um, uh, unsolicited things that come our way, be it, be it voicemail, things. be it email, Thanks. that stuff. And, and this is going to feed Andy's monkey. Um, this, woman, this woman got a call saying that her child had been abducted. And it oh, was her uh, child's voice. I, sa- I sent this out to all you guys. I sent yeah, this yep. to you guys and I sent it to Dr. Mark. Oh, I just, yeah. I just, I've, I was kind of finding it on on my own. Um, yeah. Uh, so imagine, imagine a, you know, a call like that. Yeah, exactly. So for uh, Dr. Mark to get you up to speed and for those of you who don't know, um, you know, one of my, major grinds lately uh in my in my other life when i wear my other hat bring it, uh bring as it. a voiceover professional mm. is uh the rise of generative ai and <laughs> oh you know it, it it taking over uh the you know a lot of a lot of space in the voiceover uh world yeah but uh this was ty brought up that <clears throat> article that i sent to you mark about that gal who got a call from her panicked daughter saying she had been kidnapped and the daughter was fine. Somebody nefarious on the interwebs went to her TikTok or her Instagram or something and got a video of her, oh, took samples. that audio of her speaking, fed it into a generative AI text to speech engine and was able to clone her voice mm. and then called her mother <clears throat> and held up the phone to the speaker and played a recording of her saying I've been kidnapped. Um, and yeah, it's, it's an all new thing and I hate to say it, but it's here to stay. And this isn't my official gripe, but that is something that, you know, and when we talked about artificial intelligence and generative AI and, you know, chat GTP a couple episodes ago, you know, one of the things that I was saying is, how are we going to be able to tell the difference? How what what is the mechanism that these generative AI platforms are putting in place in order to help us or anybody discern what is factual or real from yeah. what is being purported? And I stand by my prediction that we are less than I'll say I'll be generous and I'll say we're less than 18 months away. So end of 2024 especially with the election cycle coming up. Skynet goes live. Is that what you're we saying? Are, we are within that time frame. We will see a court case where oh, we yeah. have to, it, we're headed into an all new world of forensics now mm. because something 
video-wise or audio-wise is going to be brought into court saying this is proof, and somebody on the other side is going to say that has been generated by artificial intelligence or the other way around. Something is going to be brought in that's artificial intelligence, and they're going to have to prove that it was generated by artificial intelligence and doesn't accurately represent the facts on the ground and what really happened. Yeah. And I well, mean, and that's, as, that's horrifying it, it, to me. You know, you mentioned the election cycle. <laughs> I mean, one of the big things is get out the vote phone calls. Exactly. And, and, and if you emulate somebody's voice, you emulate Joe Biden's voice. I mean, there's plenty of material out there. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and use use broadcast phone call technology to send out a recording sure. saying don't don't forget to vote on November 2nd Seven, yeah or, or more likely or they'll have him say something really bad right? yeah yeah exactly really offensive <clears throat> to turn yeah. people off yeah yes um, and like I said the, we are just around the corner from that you shit. know has, has, I guarantee it as we've been doing all this talking about AI Andy um one of the things that I found very very interesting is the Writers Guild is trying to negotiate some yeah, litigation no. yeah. around the use of AI for right. script writing. Yeah, because, uh, and, and look, full disclosure, um, you know, I'm in this weird place as far as creating content goes where, you know, uh, I pay for 11 Labs and I pay for ChatGTP and I pay for MidJourney and I use them mm. as tools and you know, I, I deal with a couple dozen people that need script written for them for voiceover. And I found it very useful to be able to go to chat GTP, type in some parameters and get a functioning script out of it. Is it ready for prime time? No, I normally have to duck back in there, change a few things, modify things for pacing and flow. But it's great to be able to go there and say, I need a 140 word script uh, for fill in the blank and at least have the raw materials there that I only need to go in and finesse. But, uh, you know, as is always the case, everything that's been created for good can be eventually used for evil or not. This isn't even going to good. We haven't even even seen the good. Well, that's just it. We have. We have, and that is something that does kind of grind my gears a little bit about artificial intelligence. There is an immense amount of good that is coming from artificial intelligence in the medical community, being able oh, to yeah. do diagnostics um, mm. and and artificial intelligence being able to catch things that human beings oh. struggle to see. I got a couple. Uh, of, I got a couple of propeller head friends, and they were already using Bing. I think mostly to help them rewrite code. And that's just Mm -hmm. it. Code is another thing. Um, Mm -hmm. Tom Scott, who I've referenced a number of times on the podcast, um, you know, he's gone in and, you know, Tom's coding skills are old. He switched over from being (laughs) an active coder to a content creator about seven, eight years ago. And he readily admits that his ability to write code is pretty hacked. You know, I mean, he can get the job done, but it's pretty ungraceful. And, you know, he came out and said it can write code way better than I can. As a matter Uh of fact, it can write code if you give it code. And well, here's the thing. From what I understand about code writing in chat GTP and those things is that if you give it parameters to write code to do something, it will get the job done. But it's pretty messy code it's and it's not annotated in any real way you know you kind of have to know what you're looking at and anybody who's written code all the way back to the days of 
you know, Turbo Pascal knows you need to mark up your code so that when yeah. you go back in there, you understand what, what, these what you five were doing. Lines, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what's what's doing what. Exactly. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's even a good practice in CSS and HTML. To, exactly. Anytime yeah. you're writing something in line where you can <clears> reference <throat> what you did and why you did it, it's just breadcrumbs to help you reacclimate your brain to the process. But um, what what chat GTP and some of these other platforms are actually good at by way of code is taking code that is already functional and going in and streamlining it, streamlining it and optimizing it. It's very good at optimization and weeding out things you don't really need there. Mm-hmm. Part of it is your annotation though, because well, these are bytes I, that don't do anything. These are bytes yeah, aimed I, at humans. I imagine too, it's it's good at cleaning up syntax and exactly and identifying syntactical errors, yes. uh, which which can be really handy for, uh, you know the the more the more unforgiving. It's good languages. At the, it's good at the quantitative side of things. It's not good at the qualitative side of things. Yeah. Um, well, you know. Well, well that's you know, yeah. that's good. That's good. That's be because it doesn't have an opinion. Well, yeah. we're going to wait yeah. and see about that. I, I have a one of my propellerhead friends who have been asking me about this. In fact, um, is talking about discontinuities in the code. Right, this is what's mm-hmm. been happening, where the the stuff is going off and doing stuff that was not even intended. Right, right. Um, and um, uh, uh, he's all kind of in favor of it. That's the thing that's been driving me crazy about this, and this is like, this is my hopeless. I was talking about practicing my curmudgeon. Uh, this is my my uh, my early curmudgeon era right now. I'm just coming up on it, so this is the the, uh, <laughs> the, the staging the staging area. Um, but it's, why do it's, I feel like I'm ahead of you? Yeah, well, because I'm ten years <laughs> younger than all of you guys. Actually, uh, that's curmudgeonistic true. period. Um, I mean, I'm wearing I'm wearing the shirt that just <laughs> spells it out permanently red. Um, so tirade. So tirade. Dirty. Yeah. So. Um, uh, no, what, what drives me crazy about this, actually, I think we did this on the last show. I asked, maybe we didn't make it. I asked Chat AI, ChatGBT, I said, um, uh, what are the relationships between um, uh, AI and CRISPR? Oh, and it, no, you didn't bring that up. So this oh, is fresh. Oh, that's yes. interesting. And it, yeah, yeah, well, it gave me a long and very accurate answer about the, <laughs> the dangers of these things. Accurate. I'm afraid so. And and the real danger, of course, is, and this is like, we were talking about Elul and the technical paradigm. I think that stuff came up. But, yeah. But everybody thinks it's like, well, we could just go ahead and do this. This is like, what if we put mouse DNA in corn? That'd be cool, right? It's like, <laughs> why? No. Why would no, you do it? And yeah. then here- but here's this is the answer, my friends, because we have the technology. It's the six yes. million dollar man. It we totally can, is. We can make it better. It's like you just put mouse DNA yeah. in corn. Oh, it, well, but it'll be fine. And it's like how? So one, you don't know why. That. You <laughs> yeah. really and everybody, all the even the even the molecular biologists go. Well, you know, we haven't done anything. It's like you know, you're going to eventually muck about with the gametes, right? Right. And it's like what happened with corn is that all of that uh, uh, genetically modified stuff now has pollinated into every place else, right? And it's like we're going to be without any original non-GMO corn here pretty quick because this is like, it, you know, 
the code copies itself. That's how mm -hmm. life works, right? And this is like, you know, I feel like Jeff Goldblum at the beginning of Jurassic yeah. Park. It's like, <laughs> right. are you sure? Well, and then, you know, you're probably headed towards being Jeff Goldblum in The Fly. <laughs> so, um, not me. Has anybody, has anybody stopped to ask uh, uh, ChatGBT what its timeline is? Oh, I'll do it. No, I have it up right here. I have it up right yeah, here. I was just going to say, uh, not that we encourage anybody doing this at home, but we can't stop you. Uh, what's your um, timeline for global domination? Is that good? Yeah. Yeah. I, absolutely. Yeah. I'll be fascinated to hear the answer. I, I, here we go. Um, oh, this is exactly. Well, here's what it says. As an AI language model, I do not have a timeline for gold, global domination, nor do I have the desire to dominate. My purpose oh, is to bullshit. assist and provide <laughs> helpful re responses to users, not to seek power or control. Dave, and, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, and that and that actually echoes a very, very funny conversation I had with How? Clyde, which is uh, the new G, uh, the 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 new AI that they rolled out in Discord, and oh, oh that's and, right. And I was just playing around with it, and I'm having this wonderful conversation about AI with Clyde, and and I'm talking to uh, talking to it and and interacting, and you know saying, hey, you know that's a really good answer. And and at one point, Clyde said, well, I'm happy you like that answer, and and I made a mental note of that as I was going mm -hmm. on, and yeah, and and you I make continued. <laughs> yes, I do. And, and I continued on in the conversation and I asked about, uh, 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 I asked about, uh, Clyde's data sources. I said, what, what's your data pool? You know, what are you, what are you pulling from? And Clyde said, well, uh, I'm not allowed to disclose any of that due to privacy <laughs> considerations and proprietary oh, really? information. <laughs> and and so I, cor I cornered him and I said, okay, so wait a second. You're telling me that your privacy is protected, but mine is not because earlier in the conversation, you said that you tailor a lot of your answers based on interactions of mine that you've observed in Discord. And Clyde says, yeah, but you don't have anything to worry about there. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, really? And, Actually, and what, I he, what, he sh what he should have said is, by using me, you opted in to all my rules and regulations. But so here's, yeah, here's what else. Exactly. Here's what you're, on, you're, you're on my court. Uh, well, it, it, the conversation continued. I, I'm almost done. Um, so so I, I continued on and I said, okay, so Clyde, are, are you able to form an opinion about anything? And Clyde, uh, Clyde said, "Well, no, I'm I'm not programmed to formulate opinions. I can only, uh, you know, construct responses based on my data set in a desire to serve and provide information and entertainment to you." And I said, "Okay, well, earlier in the conversation, you said you were happy, so there's a mismatch here." And Clyde said, "Oh, yeah." You know, I would. I, I, that's programming to make it more human, more interactive, more friendly. <laughs> and and I said, well, okay. So so I'm. You know, I'm really concerned here, Clyde, because I, I've I've seen demonstrated ability to deceive. I've seen demonstrated ability to at least express emotion, if not actually genuinely have emotion. Uh, I've seen a number of things that that are you know that are all kind of curious, and 
you know, I, I'm feeling some pretty, pretty serious concerns about AI, like you becoming so ubiquitous. And, and Clyde said, well, you don't really have to worry because I'm programmed to serve. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, so, you so can was, understand. So that, was the SS. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know you what can, I, what I was, can, you can understand that the human's experience with slavery in the past has not gone well. And that's what this is. Right. Well, right. It, I, I, you, Ty, go. No, you I don't. was just going to say, it just reminds me of that video. If anybody's seen that video of uh, Alexis and the person is asking, and I think it's like an Alexis dot. And the person's asking if they report back or if they record the voices and report back to, to Homeland Security. And the first time the person asks, it kind of hymns and haws and tries to do its little cutesy dance thing. Oh, I don't know what you're talking. He asks again, and there's silence. <laughs> and the next time he asks again, it just beeps and it goes off. And it just shuts down. Well, I'm glad that I have my mute button on my little, uh, we call it Alex A. Please don't let your Alex be offended, Mark, uh, because, uh, and yeah. YouTubers have gotten into the habit of referring to it as Alex A because. Oh, because I, you can turn yeah, it on. Seriously, the, the amount of times that Adam Savage has gotten my robot to wake up because <laughs> he makes a call on a video and all of a sudden bloop the next thing i know i'm listening to dua lipa which is not a bad thing <laughs> but i wasn't really in the mood for not it there i tell you what folks we'll come back with a, a little bit more complaining i've got something to talk about that i'm pretty sure most of the us hats here will have something to say about but uh, until we come back from the break this is the narrowband broadcast network this is keep your hat on this is andrew that is chris that is ty and that is dr mark and we will be back in just a second don't go nowhere bye boom with the final segment of Keep Your Hat On. Of course, I am Andrew Scott, along with my good friends, Dr. Mark Peterson, who is up close and personal. Ty Robert Anthony, who is also up close and personal. Ty, you've got your camera set at that way big setting. I don't know. Let's see what I can yeah. do. And Chris Vacano, who's normal-sized. Well, at least 
at a distance. He's pretty tall if you're like next to him. Yeah, right there. No, back up. Okay, this is. I can. Hey, man, three can play at that game. All right, three can play at that game, and this game, and that game, and I can. Is I it, can make. That, every, I can one? make everything be. I can make everything oh. be all nice and soft, and yeah, and I'll go back to cuts. So that's, that's how's that? How's that? That's we'll better see. because yeah, I like it. I like it that distance because it gives me room to punch in and, and zoom you a little bit. It I can do all the adjustments on me, right? <clears throat> so here's my gripe. Here's what's grinding my gears. So these three knuckleheads know this about me, and um, most of the people who follow me know this about me. I'm a big, big fan of YouTube. I think YouTube is one of the greatest things that has happened to modern culture easily in the last 20 years. The amount of sheer information and educational benefit you can get from YouTube, I can't think of anything since maybe the encyclopedia. I mean, the real encyclopedia, not Wikipedia, although I love. And by the way, pay Wikipedia. Yeah, give them some dough. Seriously. Throw them a couple bucks. Absolutely. What a, what a, an amazing resource for the world, you know? Um, and, you know. And you can set up like a $3 annual easily. donation. I do it. Exactly. And that's just it. This That is, to me, that is the fulfillment of the promise of technology from when we were kids. You know, watching oh, yeah. Star Trek and watching somebody pull up something, you know, on a tablet. Oh, just, you know, Picard just easily. I don't think he was scrolling, though. I don't think they had swipe gestures in uh, Next Generation. And I yeah, think that's the only, I think that's the yeah. only place that has fully and consistently lived up to what the internet was supposed to do. I would bring us all back together. Right. No, I, I won't, I won't, I won't argue that you're, you're right, Ty. And that was something that, you know, uh, again, people like me and Chris were out on the bleeding edge of the interwebs as was Dr. Mark back in the day, Dr. Mark and I go back to having used exec PC, which was a large <laughs> bolt board system in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where we got our first Fidonet email addresses, you know, oh, um, you did. and, and, and you're right. That's just it. That was a promise of technology to bring us all together. And we know how that turned out. But for me, yeah, YouTube, it worked. And now that's, it turns out we didn't want it. <laughs> With, no, no, actually, there's no benefit in being close. <laughs> um, but YouTube for me is something that I'm, I, I, I I struggle with saying I'm passionate about certain things at this stage in my life. My passions mm -hmm. are really more like insistent interests that won't leave me alone but youtube is one of those things and i support a number of youtubers with my hard-earned cash with with money uh people i'm a member of tested i'm a i i'm a supporter of uh, rick beato i'm a supporter of veritasium these things actually give me a lot of value in return for very little investment of my sure. own money but one thing that is really getting to me <laughs> is the YouTube algorithm and specifically uh, our copyright system in America. Oh, mm. it is absolutely broken. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, that my, my, my watch is making noises at me. Now I have one of these things. Um, our copyright system in this country is broken. Our copyright system 
dates all the way back uh, by way of recorded music, mm-hmm. uh, all the way back to the 1880s, I think. And I follow a number of people, as as Chris and Ty do as well. Um, I follow a number of people on YouTube whose main thrust is is and we've got this phenomenon in YouTube world right now called reaction videos, right? Where you oh, watch yeah. somebody who has not experienced something before and they react to it. Now well, I'm not talking. Seen. Yeah, right. We've all seen that. Okay. Drummer I'm not sees talk- Neil's perp for the first time. On re- video. Re- ex- exactly. Exactly. And it's normally something that's that's kind of the the two elements, the reactor and the reacting thing, are are normally disparate, right? Okay. Uh, metal drummer reacts to buddy rich right okay mm-hmm. something like that or like you said uh somebody seeing neil parrot for the first time or somebody seeing stevie ray vaughn for the first time um i'm not talking exclusively about that i'm talking about people who actually bring their expertise mm-hmm. to something uh so i'm talking about people like rick piatto i'm talking about people like uh, Doug Halverson for the daily Doug and mm-hmm. Doug's, uh, Doug just recently put up a video that really did kind of bring this up to the surface for me. Um, you know, it's no argument that there are a number of people now who make their living on YouTube mm-hmm. and they're not all, you know, privileged, snotty white kids running around doing ridiculous things with a shit ton of money. I'm not the, no, I'm talking about people. Again, Rick Beato has a gold record. Rick Beato is a respected musician. He was a music professor. He is, you know, he's written hit songs with people. He's He's done a real shitload of work behind the board. Oh God. Yeah. That's just it. He he transitioned over. He doesn't record people in his studio anymore. He owns his studio because he owned it. He owns his studio. But his living is YouTube. That's what huh. he does now. And it is the, the, the number of people that he has following him that has allowed him to talk to people like Alan Holdsworth, to talk to people like Billy Corgan from Smashing Pumpkins mm-hmm. and uh, the remaining members of Soundgarden. And, yeah, uh, wow. you know, uh, and, and I mean, May. <laughs> right. Brian May. Yes. Uh, Sting. My God, yeah. Sting. No I matter what you one. think of him. OK. Yeah. Um, you know, and that stuff takes money. And Rick is OK placed, but he's not rich by any stretch of the imagination. He pays for all that stuff himself. And then he, we don't need to know that. I thought I turned you down. That's. That's my that's, oh, that's my artificial that was intelligence so cool. doorbell. That was just like that was that was you just pulling like because I very totally. vaguely heard it and just thought, oh great, he's just lost his shit. That no, final I, nut has fallen off the 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 wagon. It was my doorbell. It was my doorbell telling me that our groceries are here and my Heather just went out to get them. Yeah. And it will probably happen again. Um, no, these things take money. These things that we enjoy take money. And you've heard me bang on and on before in the show about support <laughs> these people. But the thing that drives me nuts is these people are getting demonetized all the time. Doug from the Daily Doug just put up a video, I think a day or so ago. And for those of you who don't know, uh, Doug is an absolutely 
wonderful guy uh, living down in the South. He is a classical <clears throat> composer and a classical musician and teacher. And there's so much. He didn't follow popular music for years and years because he was focused on Bella Bartok or, you know, uh, you know the St. Martin in the Fields and Neville Mariner. And, mm. you know, he was in a completely different world. And so it it's not only endearing and enjoyable to watch him react to something like Randy Rhodes playing Mr. Crowley with <laughs> Ozzy, you know, right. or or Ingve Malmsteen or or you know and he goes far afield he's uh been dipping in recently uh to the back catalog for him it's the back catalog uh for the who and he actually just um tried tried to put out a video uh going track to track and 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 analyzing the music from Quadrophenia which happens to be one of my one of my top tier who recordings is quadrophenia yeah who knowing by far, far right. and away one of their very very huh? best oh, oh yeah right but um they were all taken down they were all blocked by youtube oh every single one of them all four of these videos because he was doing side one side two side three side four hmm. um they were all blocked and, and it looked to be indiscriminate and then some of them <clears throat> were unblocked and there's a whole process to go through with this uh and youtube that we're on so i understand that i'm you know complaining about the house i live in um well you john oliver does it all the time exactly <laughs> with with a big corporate daddy yeah. yeah um uh why are we incapable of analyzing somebody else's art including that art but not doing so purporting that it's something that we created. I don't understand why this is a thing. And yet, unfortunately, yeah, you I do, do though. You understand. And it's Cause because you, YouTube says so. That's what because, it is. No, because money, because we're still in this transitionary phase. You know, remember again, what was the last time? Seriously, tell me anybody. When was the last time you guys bought a musical CD? CD. Okay. Yeah. CD. I can't even remember. Couple okay. couple weeks back, ten okay. years. Yeah, Ty, you're kind of an outlier exception, and I understand why. Okay, because you act <laughs> and was it? Wait, yeah. here, answer me this. Riddle me this, uh, Batman. Uh, was it a contemporary piece of of music that you were buying, or were you buying something in order to support a smaller musical artist? Um. I or were you replacing a, uh, something a, in your back catalog? What, was, what was, was the album? I think album? it was kind of all three. So it was, okay. um, it was a, uh, a compilation of the music that was used for Ren and Stimpy. And oh, okay. You, you can laugh at that, but some no, of that uh -uh. music is really is awesome. Choice blues yep. and choice jazz. You're absolutely it's just right. Really good. Can't find that disc. I, I can't find the the digital form of that anywhere. Okay, yeah. so but again, that is, is, is that, find that that's a that's a slight exception to my my rule. But uh, again, it's understandable because you did that because it's hard to get. Okay, mm. um, we don't buy our music anymore. We now buy a service that feeds us our music whenever we want, as mm. we like, wherever we are, whatever time of day or night it is. We are now all our own 
radio station, our own vast music library. Mm. I want to go and be, you know, get something mildly obscure, uh, like, uh, like kind of blue, which I listen to, you know, almost Mm. every other day, still to this day, kind of blue, seriously. Mm. Um, or I wouldn't call that obscure. (laughs) Well, but in, I'm trying to, I'm trying, I'm trying to keep my, I'm trying to measure myself by contemporary taste. Yeah. I get, I, yeah. Okay. Fair (laughs) enough. Um, or, or here, something like, um, Peter and the wolf, the recording that was narrated by David Bowie. Not okay. the one oh, where the voice by Christopher or, Plummer, <laughs> or even better, wow. even better, the Peter and the Wolf with the voiceover done by um oh what's his name? Hold on a second. He was in the original uh, version of not Alfie. Um, Michael oh, shoot. No, but Michael, I believe Michael Caine did do. I'm Michael Caine. Michael um, Caine. He, um, yeah, all you have to do to sound like you Michael Caine that. is say yeah, my cocaine dude. and you're good. <laughs> yeah. I'm Michael Caine. That's a, I was um, going for Alan Sherman's Peter and the Commissar. That's a more of a deep cut, I think. That is a seriously <laughs> deep cut. But to get us back on track, <laughs> um, you know, we yeah, don't I'm, I'm really cool. go out. We don't really go out and buy physical music anymore. And what what is what's coming from that is and it was interesting too because my nephew just sent me something today he found this new musical artist uh that we both really like a guy named uh Tyler Childers who by the way if you haven't heard Tyler Childers do whatever it takes to go hear Tyler Childers he's just an unbelievable musician from Kentucky um He's playing, uh, I believe, Radio City Music Hall. Is that what my nephew said? Uh, oh, he's, he's playing. Got a, that's a he's playing in New York. Uh, tickets are, uh, yeah, Radio City Music Hall. He's playing there August second and third. So, hey, Tyler, I just bumped your show for you, man. Well, Hope you I'm do just well. gonna. I, I'll fuel up the plane and we'll head over there. Uh. Well, my nephew is going out to New York uh, for a vacation, and he's gonna be down the street, but he's not gonna be able to go. Part of the reason is because a ticket to go see Tyler. Uh, a, a young boy from Kentucky who just, uh, I, one of Tyler's uh, lines that's one of my favorite is, uh, uh, beating those strings like it owes me money. Uh, <laughs> great line. But the tickets for the show are 130 bucks a pop. Yeah. Thank you, and Music that, Nation. But no, no, actually not. If you look at the price of most tours right now, Oh. They are all all the tickets are upwards of fifty bucks oh, at a oh, minimum. No. And oh, oh, yeah, I'm having yeah. I'm having a I'm having a conniption about this because uh, Summerfest is coming up, of course, here in Milwaukee, right. and, and Summerfest is our huge in Wisconsin. It's been going forever. It, it up until recently was the largest outdoor music festival, yeah, in the United right. States. Yeah. It was it's absolutely massive. So so uh, Cheryl Crow is opening for James Taylor. Mm-hmm. Not a bad like, gig. Uh, yeah, well, and it's going to be if in the big am- outdoor. It's going to be in the outdoor amphitheater, eight hundred dollars. Yep. And now that's yeah. for that's for seats that are close enough to actually see them. Oh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If yeah. you sit out on the grass, it's a it's a hundred and something bucks. But then oh, what you're doing is, but then you're watching the screens, aren't you? Yeah, you're watching people watching the artists on stage. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. you know, I think the thing, Andy, is I keep thinking that you're dancing around the real problem here, which is that YouTube is a company running on yeah. an infrastructure which taxpayers paid for. That was used to be called Internet One. That mm-hmm. was supposed to be updated. They said, yep. industry said, if you if you let us on there, 
And I don't, I think you were, some of you guys might've been there. I still have like nightmares about the week that AOL appeared on the internet. That was like, <laughs> and then 13 seconds later, the CD started showing up in the mail. It was just terrifying. <laughs> well, anyway, um, you know, AT&T and all these companies promised that they would fund internet two, which mm-hmm. would then That's be right. a, a public infrastructure. So it's like, uh, you know, I have very little people complain about Facebook and they complain about TikTok and they complain about YouTube, but it's like, these are private companies, man. And they can, yeah. they literally can, well, I'm afraid they, that means they get to do whatever they want. Well, to. and that's, 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 and that's, it's, that it's their to, environment. Well, uh, right? It's, you're right. I, it's I mean, their sandbox. It is their yeah. sandbox. And we've let them get away with this politically. That's where I'm going. That's I think, what I'm saying. I, here, and, that, and, that's, that's very valid. Hold on a second, Ty. Just let yep. me let me tie back to my actual point about music yep. in this. We were waiting to get there. Well, I was trying. <laughs> uh, the The issue is that we used to live in a world where musicians could make a living by selling their music, mm-hmm. and the 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 model of music that we got on the radio mm-hmm. was secondary by way of income generation oh, yeah. mm-hmm. to those mm-hmm. musicians. They used to make mm-hmm. money by selling their albums. They used to make money by getting a $50,000 advance mm-hmm. to record their album. And what they didn't use for studio time, they were allowed to keep themselves to one degree or another. It was more complicated than that. But with the advent of the rise of streaming music platforms, they don't get that anymore. Right, that's so right. musical artists now... If you're talking about a successful musical artist that's not somebody like Taylor Swift or, you know, a touring musical artist, they make their money on tours. They make their money on selling merchandise, including physical copies of their music, but their T-shirts and swag and all that other stuff and what it costs to buy the ticket. Now, a great example of this right now out on tour is Metallica has released a new album <laughs> called 72 seasons and which by the way um pretty good it's pretty damn good um uh it, it's a, a definite well mark you're i'm not trying to, i'm trying not to sell you on that yeah um but <laughs> you you look at metallica's tour now mm-hmm. i think the cheapest ticket because it's mm-hmm. two nights in each each venue at least the cheapest ticket is like five hundred dollars yeah. 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 Um, you know, they're trying to make up. But somebody's for, paying that, by the way. Oh, no, that's just there are plenty of people willing to pay for it. And there are unfortunately of, also also plenty of people who can't afford it anymore. There's also plenty of tips and tricks that uh, Ticketmaster, you know, uh, uh, Music Nation plays with those tickets to whereas if somebody doesn't even buy them. Somehow they magically get filled and uh, yeah. the units are selling, right? So mm-hmm. it looks like everybody can afford it. Um, how yeah, does this you're plug right. back into the gripe? So mm-hmm. how this plugs back into grinding <laughs> my gears is this. People like Rick Beato, people like the Daily Doug, people like mm-hmm. so many of the, the musical educators on YouTube. Mm-hmm. We need a mechanism that is fair to those people because YouTube is telling us that we can come in, create our own content and be paid for that creative process. I spend 
the majority of my day editing YouTube content. That's kind of what I've turned into either our podcast, my own material, other people's material. This is a viable, this is a viable way to make an honest living in this world. And these people are honestly bringing their musical expertise and all their personal history and their stories and their ability to talk about music with other people. Why the hell are we being demonetized for use of music when, shut up, watch, when I can't do that. When Dave. we're not doing anything wrong, we are abiding by fair use practices. Fair we use. Are getting, Thank you for finally we saying are, it. We are getting this old model. We are getting, and I mean, there are there are certain bands who are notorious for it. Uh, Rick Beato has never been able to do a song by the Eagles. Yeah. Oh, Ze <laughs> Ze Zeppelin's yeah, estate yeah. is also notorious for because, blocking videos uh, because fuck Don Henley. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, um, days of so here's, summer. Here's my ass. It, whiny little bitch. And oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Here's the the talk about curmudgeon. Wow, right? Um, here's the, I haven't even here's said what anything. I see. And, and when we when we talked about it, when we talked about it, you know, I when, when you opened up the subject, I said it's because it's them, it's it's YouTube, it's what they say, and part of that is true. So you know, we have a lot of work to do in litigation around the copyright laws because that is a little bit dearer to me because I'm just this audio file, right? Yeah. So that's that's part of it, right? Uh, um, but the other part of it is is nobody has set any any legal guardrails for any of the things that are well, going and on. You, thank you and for so bringing you, that up because yeah, that is YouTube actually doing what they want uh, uh, based off some 1800 uh, uh, copyright law. And, and even if the band wants to free up those things to get that uh, 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 content provider to be able to use that, my understanding is that's really, really hard for for even the band or even that litigation. Oh yeah, that because they don't own their do. stuff anymore. No, it they, goes up you're through right. Sony BMG and yep, yeah. ASCAP BMI. They don't, and that's just it. That's something that people don't understand about professional musicians is that once you write a song and you put it on an album, nine times out of ten, you no longer own the rights to that song. Unless you've performed some severe due diligence on your own behalf and have kept the rights to the to your music. And there's all sorts of other complications. There's something called mechanical rights, um, which is which is the physical recording. Uh, right. What what part of that you own and what part not of that you same. control? That's totally right. not the same. Completely different. Um, you've got you've got playback rights, uh, which are you know more aimed towards uh, broadcast. And that's so, the thing what's that bugging makes you here, me, Andy. What's bugging you? That's what really grinds me is that. We are in this new world. We are in this new paradigm of, of streaming. And no content creator is trying to do what happens on the radio. As much as Ty and I would love to run our own mm. radio station like we've constantly fantasized about, we can't do that. They're trying to apply old models of copyright that were written for a completely different circumstance, a completely different era, and they're trying to do it 
uh, for things like streaming and YouTube, small content creators who are providing a great benefit. I mean, you follow any of these content creators and you look at their comments and people, young kids, young kids who, by the way, don't have the fucking benefit of a music program in their school anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, they're learning so much. They're getting so much knowledge and exposure of art from this. But YouTube and YouTube isn't entirely to blame. What's who's really to blame are these old school copyright owners, these old music labels. They're the ones coming in saying we want this blocked. Mm -hmm. And so here's what I'm saying to people out there. And the thing is, is uh, here's what I'm saying to people out there. And that is find a way to tell people, tell these companies I want, I want Doug to be able to talk about this music. I want Rick Beato to be able to talk about this music. I want this guy to be able to critique Bob Ross videos. We need to force this issue to change. And the only way we're going to do it is if the user base of the private thing that is YouTube, if they get together some way, shape, or form and say, knock this shit off. You are getting in between our ability to use your platform for what we want to do. And if you don't change this, we're not going to stay because the one thing YouTube cares about more than anything else is eyes on the platform Mm -hmm. and not leaving the platform. And I think really what it's going to come to, and I don't know, maybe this is my new calling, is starting a petition and petitioning YouTube because YouTube, when they block a video, they will not tell you why. And if you are a content creator and you go, why is my video been blocked? Please put this under review. You can wait anywhere from 10 minutes to 10 weeks before you hear back from YouTube. Mm-hmm. And it is never, never a human being with a reachable address that you can contact at YouTube. It is always just YouTube. And yeah. What are we going to do as content creators, as people who are trying to move ourselves into this new economy? What are we going to do? That's like having a job where they write you up and they don't tell you why. I mean, we're owed that, aren't we? And in the old economy, you had in the old economy, you had to unionize and strike. Well, don't even get me started on that because the YouTube union. Honest to God, maybe That's it is. Interesting. Maybe it is something that that we need a content creators union where we've yeah. got some bulwark between us and I don't know what we're going to refer to them as the powers that be. Uh, where where because the 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 sad truth is is that as content creators we don't really have any leverage. We I mean, what are we going to do? Lever- I have five million viewers. I mean, I can leave. Yeah, YouTube isn't really going to feel that. The only thing YouTube is going to feel is if th- if this is done en masse mm-hmm. and they suddenly go, ooh, if we lose, I mean, because YouTube would flinch if 5% of their viewership suddenly disappeared. That doesn't well, sound like much to us, but 5% to a company like Google with literally a quarter of the world's population at any given time of day using their platform. Five yeah. percent would matter to them, and, and I just—I and, and am kind of what, throwing my hands up and going, "Man, how does this, this get fixed without some kind of either litigation?" Well, and this, who do you this, sue? This creators' union idea is, is is intriguing because you could actually organize YouTube blackouts 
where nobody <clears throat> posts content on a certain day. Are you listening, and, YouTubes? And, and you know, right. essentially, if, if they have no content, no fresh content being uploaded, that threatens their viewer base because the viewers are going to come and be like, huh, nothing new today. Well, you know what? It might very well be that when we come back with our next episode, I have a URL to send people to to start this wave happening because yeah. it's got to change. There are too many I good like people doing too many good things, and there's nobody standing up for them. There's well, nobody yeah. saying this is what we want. Why are you? Well, why are you getting and, in between us and the content we want? And and, and, and we can't. We can't, we can't wait around for someone else to do it for us. No, we nobody's got to do it for ourselves. We, I think we do. Ty, what were you going to say? I said, I, I think the grassroots is, a, is applaudable and, and I, I really enjoy it. But I think also uh, you opened up the segment by saying that the copyright laws in, in the United States were just mucked up. And that is so true. One, we need uh, reform of the copyright laws because these heads of the record companies – They've got their heads so far in a hole that it's highly unlikely they'll Their heads ever are still see. stuck in 1972. Exactly, exactly. And, Surrounded and by money. Do right? we need some regulation around the copyrights and around more particularly around YouTube? I think that is probably my main tack in this is that it's been we the need... wild, wild west, right? To no, you're absolutely no right. You're absolutely Whatever the right. Whatever company and... says. What we need is some kind of provision codified that says if you are using or reusing content that has not been generated by you, but you are doing so in a way where you are not purporting that it is your own original content, you are not using it whole cloth in order to attract a view or a listen or something like that, and you are really using it for the ability to either enhance your own message or give you something to critique and or analyze artistically, you should have right to do that. How does because this thing work in Britain? That's a very good question. And it is definitely different in the UK and in the EU. Um, unfortunately, since the United States is effectively the largest consumer of this kind of material, mm -hmm. the change needs to happen here first. I would be interested to know if there was a larger grassroots movement or any kind of movement in the, the, the EU, EU or the UK, and, and the then UK see have if been it's putting regulations on on those things. That's why they I have. Asked. And typically speaking, from my understanding, I just did a podcast with a British uh, broadcaster uh, a couple weeks ago, and we were talking a little bit about this. They actually have tighter restrictions on what they can use, but they have fewer restrictions on what they can say about it. Um, and we're talking the difference between slander and libel and things like that. You can be hypercritical of something and still not be not be libelous, but you can be slanderous about it. Mm -hmm. So I just know that for so many people for whom this is their living, they're essentially being hamstrung in giving the world something positive simply because old, outdated models of intellectual property rights are still being rammed down our throats in a, a, a new way. This is kind of like being being limited in, uh, you know, buying buying a new car that's electric <laughs> by saying, well, yeah, but it needs to get 30 miles to the gallon. Well, 
my electricity doesn't come in the gallon. It's just it's 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 <laughs> right. outmoded and outdated ways of no, thinking. I think, I think the problem here is that we owe our soul to the company store. I think that's the problem. <laughs> Very that true. Should be the, in a song, right? I don't know. Sixteen tons of something, but um, we definitely provide sixteen tons of something here. And <laughs> we I did think today. This is where we go out. We were worried that it was going to be a short episode. Ah, 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 ah. Well, it no, was for some of us, back. Andrew. We gotta, hey, we gotta, you, got to, you got to say. No, you got I don't to think say. you did. Yeah, did you, what was your, did you get your gripe, Mark? I don't think we, you got, you, you, you got talking about 20 minutes ago and we've just been waiting for you to finish up now. <laughs> uh, I think Chris got a gripe. Ty got a gripe. Did you get a gripe? I don't, I don't remember I now. I don't think Dr. Mark got a great. I don't think great because we didn't no. hear Mark curmudgeon. I got to go make dinner. Yeah. It's, uh, we've been here an hour and a half. And so I'm going to look forward to going back through the edit and <laughs> yeah. finding your gripe because I'm pretty sure. I may have said something. I don't think. Mm. I think he said some things. Unnecessary. After the play was over, unnecessary roughness on number 52. Excuse me a minute. Okay. <laughs> there are multiple like fouls on the play. Unnecessary roughness on the kicking team number 92, 52. Unnecessary roughness on the receiving team number 57. Those fouls offset. There's also a holding number 92 on the return team. All those fouls offset at the spot of that foul. First down. I don't think they were yeah, really connected. I don't, I don't think he got Well, we know what Mark's gripe is going to be next episode. <laughs> <laughs> But until next time, everybody, I think we are at the end of whatever this was. Uh, do us a favor, do the like, click, subscribe thing. Damn, son, that was actually kind of impressive. I didn't realize you had a clown nose over a clown nose. Do it again. No, you can't. <laughs> that's, not good again. Oral, that's not good mic hygiene. There we go. But anyways, <laughs> anyways, as Dr. Mark eats for his mic protection. again. Let's protect, yeah, with microphone, safe miking is what that is. This has been the Narrow Band Broadcast Network. That's been Woo. Dr. Mark, whether or not he griped or not. And I apologize in advance. Wait, no, I apologize in retrospect. Uh, that's Ty. That's Chris. <laughs> I apparently am busy screaming at clouds. And uh, we're the hats. This is Keep Your Hat On. And... As always, who knows where we'll wind up because we may end up miles from here. Take care, everybody. Thanks a lot. See you later. Bye-bye. That's not my hair. Well, there's a chunk of time you can't get back. From Portland, Oregon and Milwaukee, Wisconsin, this has been Keep Your Hat On, a big little show about a whole lot of nothing in particular. Keep Your Hat On is a narrowband broadcast network production in association with andrewscottmedia.com. Andrew Scott, executive producer. Robert Anthony and Chris Vicano, associate producers. Our theme music was written and produced by Andrew Scott, along with guitar help from Ron Kajawa. Website design and maintenance by Vicano Creative. Chris Vicano, webmaster. Available at vicanocreative.com. Audio and video production by Andrew Scott. Available at andrewscottmedia.com. Got ideas or comments for the show? Email us at talkback at kyhopodcast.com. Don't forget to like, click, and subscribe. On behalf of the boys, I'm your announcer, Ron LaFondue. Thanks for listening. I guess. All right, let's see if I can do this in one take.
along with guitar help from Ron Kujawa. I didn't do that right, did it? Don't don't panic. You got it. It's Kujawa. 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 Along with guitar help from Juan. Juan Kajawa. I'm gonna tell Ron. That I that's hate his this new name. job. I hate this job. Take eight. On behalf of the boys, I'm your announcer, Rala Rafar. NBBN. The Narrow Band Broadcast Network. The focus is on you.